the Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy. Hello and welcome to the Podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy. Sitting here shivering away in Auckland, New Zealand, I am Josh Edison, and yet sweltering, I assume, in Bucharest and Romania, it's Dr. M. R. X. Dentith. Are you sweltering? It's true. I am sweating like the zombie king. Now we've, it's it's the middle of winter here, and we've had a bit of a cold snap. Um, I'm not actually shivering. I have a heater on, and we do have a bit of double glazing and some and some thermal blinds. So it's it's not too bad, but it has been a mite chilly. It's actually we had a slight cold snap here in Bucharest, and that the last few days have been hovering in the high teens, early twenties. But two days ago. It was a glorious 27 degrees, and also because of the impending storm, a glorious 68% humidity. Mm. So it's both hot and humid, which makes me feel like I'm back at home. Yes, I mean, you may think it's a bit of a cliche that we are constantly talking about the weather, but um, Auckland is one of those cities where the weather is genuinely a valid topic of conversation uh, because of, of basically how changeable it is and how annoying it is a lot of the time. Bloody Auckland summers. You can keep them quite frankly. It's because we built a city not on rock and roll, but on a swamp. Mm, a little bit, on an isthmus between two harbours. Anyway, we could talk about Auckland's geography and weather all day. But that would be the podcaster's guide to the geography, and that's not what we're about. No, it's not at Although, all. if you want us to do the podcaster's guide to the geography, please don't send us an email, because we're no. not going to do it. No, no, I don't think I'd enjoy that at all. No, in fact, we have a, a whole lot of conspiracy uh, theories to, to talk about later, or possibly only one. We'll just have to see. But uh, first, the news. The news? The news. The news. The news. Breaking, breaking conspiracy theories in the news. We start the news, sorry, we start the news with news about the Turkish elections, where incumbent President Recep Tayyip Erdogan was re-elected after an election campaign which promised to be close, but ended up being a somewhat ringing endorsement of his autocratic style. The election results were somewhat surprising, given that polling had indicated the race for president and the constitution of the parliament would be close. Indeed, it would be tempting, given the president's style, to think that maybe there was a little bit of ballot box stuffing. However, in its early days, as the results of the election will not be finalised until after we record this episode, it seems that international election observers really do think the elections were free and fair. Now, pre-election polling has had a bit of a bad rap at the moment, given that it seems to have got things drastically wrong in a number of recent notable cases, Brexit, Trump, and now Turkey. However, political scientists have for a while been talking about why this is the case. Often people have polled about who they would vote for take into account social factors, what's the most virtuous vote to cast, who's asking the question, and the like. Which is to say that how we respond to questions like, how would you vote?, does not tell you how someone will actually vote. just tells you that people sometimes give the answers that they think people want to hear. Now, it occurred to me that this, of course, could be evidence of a conspiracy. The research findings, which explain the discrepancy between advance polls and election results, might well be post-facto reasoning, designed to hide electoral malfeasance. After all, what better way to get away with a conspiracy to defraud the ballot box than have pre-existing research which you can cite as evidence that nothing untoward really happened? 
which is not to say that we think this claim of conspiracy is true. Uh, well, it's not to say that I think it's true, uh, but it is food for thought. But enough musings, because news is a little light this week due to the Turkish elections subsuming most media coverage, we thought we might quickly mention the actual conspiracy theories in Turkey, which ended up being part of that election. Yes, conspiracy theories have been kind of a thing under Prime Minister and now President Erdogan, mostly focusing on sinister forces outside of Turkey trying to bring the great nation down. He coined the term mastermind, in Turkish obviously, to refer to an alleged plot to control and command the country orchestrated by elements in the United States. Their plot is to weaken and break up Turkey, and every act against Turkey can be seen as evidence of it. This has included earthquakes, such as the 2017 quakes in Kanakali. Not just that, but ripped jeans, so beloved by New Zealand celebrity opinionator Mike Hosking, are a way of agents in Turkey to signal to one another. The conspiracy theory has taken a fairly sinister and anti-Semitic turn at times. In the lead-up to the election, the decline of the Turkish lira was supposedly due to a plot by the Americans, the English, the Dutch, and members of Jewish families. That's code right there for the international banking conspiracy, and that itself is code for the protocols of the Elders of Zion. Given the support of President Erdogan and his AKP party, and what are now the vastly increased powers of his executive presidency, we can safely assume that theories like this are likely to grow in power, especially since the economic situation of Turkey continues to flatline. But talking about strong men of politics, let us move on to Hungary, where a musical version of Billy Elliot is being accused of perverting the youth. Billy Elliot, if you recall, was a film based around a boy learning ballet against a background of hypermasculinity. It was later turned into a musical with music by Elton John and the book being written by Lee Hall. And now it's being condemned by the mouthpiece of the ruling Fidesz party, the newspaper Magyar Edok. Yes, according to the journalist Sophia N. Honrath, children who watched the musical were in danger of becoming homosexual. The implication being that this would be a bad thing. There are two curious aspects to this story. The first is not only has Billy Elliot been playing in Budapest for three seasons now, Viktor Orban, Hungary's Prime Minister, and his wife are regular visitors to the Opera House in which it plays. But the second point is even more interesting. There is no journalist by the name of Sofia in Horvath in, in Hungary. Yes, Magyar Edok, a mouthpiece of the government, has been running articles attacking liberal, globalist and cosmopolitan ideas. Making up a journalist to run an attack piece is simply part and parcel of Orban and his party's continued popularity and control of Hungary. So literal fake news then? Indeed, and with that we could easily segue into this week's topic – but we need to talk a little about Poland. Yes, it's time for an update on that Poland Holocaust law thing we talked about many months ago. Poland passed a law which made it illegal and criminal to associate Nazi-led atrocities in Poland during World War II with the Polish people themselves. When the law was passed, the president of Poland suspended its application whilst the courts worked through the legislation – fearful that criminalising free speech overseas might be seen as overreach. This was somewhat justified after journalists in South America were sued by Polish nationals for how they talked about Polish complicity with the Holocaust. Now the law has been amended, it is now a civil matter rather than a criminal matter. 
This is despite the fact that the Prime Minister, Mateusz Morawiecki, still believes anyone who says Poland was responsible for Nazi crimes deserves to be in prison. But he has also admitted that the Polish government must take into account the international context of how events during World War II get reported. By and large, the change in face has been due to how Poland's allies, the US and Israel, reacted to the law. Both governments condemned it, and Poland is very much reliant on US military might to protect it from Russia. And it's thought the law was one of the reasons why the Polish Prime Minister did not get to meet President Donald Trump when he visited the US. Although, I'm sure that's just fake news. And is, is that our segue? It sure is. Righto, well... We're basically out of ideas again for this week, uh, so we're going to do what we did the last time we were out of ideas for a decent episode, and find an amusing listicle about conspiracy theories, and basically just point at it and laugh. This week's this week's listicle is called the fake top t- top forty pieces of fakery in the world, and it talks about how everything's fake. It's 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 a veritable Holden Caulfield. No, he was phonies, wasn't he? Ah, close enough. Of a of an article. Uh, t- can you tell me how you came across this one? What's the the site that it's from? Actually, this is a very good question. It's been sitting in the list for quite some time. I think it might have come from our reputable source, Wake Up Kiwi, the email digest I get on a week-by-week basis. That tells me everything I need to know about how the Rothschilds control the world, why GMO crops are causing autism in children, and why homosexuality is part of a cultural Marxist agenda to destroy all humanity. And sometimes they also publish complete nonsense as well. Da 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 da. Hey. Which is basically that that absolutely everything in and about and upon our world is is fake, and you need to wake up and see it. Um, now th- there there are forty items on this list, and we we don't have time to talk about forty different items individually. Um, perhaps we should quickly rattle through the entire list of everything that's fake. Do you want to do it, or shall I? Indeed. So here is an executive list of forty things which are fake. News, journalism, entertainment, corporate PR and advertising, medicine, scientific research, acquired immunity, food, water, choice, money, the economy, free markets, free trade agreements, accounting, welfare, government, the republic, democracies, elections, national security, defense, education, law, rights, consent, morality, spirituality, clouds, the war on terror, lone nut killers, boogeymen, false flag events, crisis action, pandemics, moon landings, international space station and spacewalks, history, authority, and finally, the universe itself. All mm. fake. Yes. In particular, now the fake universe is the whole holographic reality thing. Yeah, and that's, that's at the point where we have to get to the point. That's the point we have to get to the point. I'll just say the mm. word point four more times. Just keep saying point, point, point. point, point. Mm. That's the point where we have to go, they're using Hang fake on. in a fairly ambiguous and not very useful way. Because mm. if we accept the hologrammatic notion of the universe, that the universe is functionally a hologram made up of basically intersecting information waves rather than physical material that doesn't mean the universe is fake it just means our understanding of what constitutes the universe is radically different from what we initially thought it was that would be a bit like when the 
atomists discovered that the atom could be subdivided further. That doesn't suddenly make the world fake because it doesn't adhere to the previous system. It just means the previous system was a bad representation of the world in which we live. And an awful lot of the items on this list trade upon the ambiguity of fake as in fictional, as opposed to fake as in what we've learned in the past turns out to not reflect what current scientific standing tells us in the present. Yeah, uh, it's it's pr probably alternative might be a better term. It seems that pretty much anything you can think of, um, this this article is telling you to reject the the um, received wisdom on it and go for an al alternative conception of it. I mean, the the whole hologrammatic universe thing, it's it's not exactly a fringe theory, is it? But I, I it's it at the moment it's kind of in the status of something that could be true, but. Uh, at this stage, it's just a theory much like sort of, you know, quantum theory interpretations and what's the other one? Strings. Reality. Oh, sim simulated realities. Do they get into – I'm pretty sure that came up at one point as well, although I can't remember which one it's in. But, you know, there, there is – Yeah, so, I mean, the hologrammatic universe is part of the kind of information theory of reality. And it's something which people are looking into. So, yes, the notion of the universe is a hologram, the universe is actually a simulation and nested inside of a bigger real universe, or maybe just nested inside another simulation. And these theories are taken seriously enough by physicists that they're being investigated. But at this stage, no, they're definitely not what you might call the mainstream scientific opinion, the consensus view in physics. It's something that people are looking into, but it hasn't been proven yet. And thus, even if it were the case that it turns out that the universe was a hologram, it still wouldn't make things fake. But at this stage, we don't even know the universe is a hologram, and thus that move just isn't warranted in any way, shape, or form. So, where, where, where to begin? Where to go? I think we should go back, go back into ancient history, because the one which I actually found fascinating mm. was their claims about the American Republic not being a republic, because apparently the American Republic is completely fake. Yes, and, and, and everything about it in general. Which which particular one are you talking about there? This is item this point 18. number 18? So right, basically yes. they point out that America calls itself a republic, but actually it operates as a democracy. And this is one of those cases where a little knowledge can take you down a rabbit hole. Because it is true that in the ancient world, Republics and democracies were completely different political systems. Athens was a democracy, Rome was a republic, and they reflected different political ways of doing things. But these days, a republic is a constitutional matter, and in republics you can have different forms of representation, of which a democracy is a type of representation. So there's nothing inconsistent about being a republic that is based upon democratic principles, i.e. they're confusing democracies with a big D with democracy with a little d. And that kind of gets us to the heart of some of the quality of reasoning in this particular listicle. A similar one 
points uh, 24 to 26, fake law, fake rights, and fake consent, uh, are once again the the old Freeman of the land stuff. Freeman on the land, isn't it? It is. Which is is we we've mentioned it before, and it's one of those. Uh, yeah, again, a little knowledge being a dangerous thing. It's people have sort of taken a few sort of facts, or, or in some cases, not even facts at all, and sort of um, stuck them together to come up with to the conclusion that um, that 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 all laws are not actually valid and something to do with. It. In fact, actually, I've, I've got the article here. Our legal system has been overtaken by admiralty jurisdiction or maritime jurisdiction, which was formerly used as the main commercial jurisdiction to adjudicate disputes among merchants sailing with goods on the seas between ports and countries. Blah, 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 blah. They sort of string up, throw a whole bunch of, of um, legal sounding gobbledygook at you and come up with the idea that, that the real, that the laws that we, that we are supposedly subject to are not really laws, which means they don't really apply to you, or at least they only apply to the to the the, the the capital letter version of you, um, which is a, a, a fake entity that, that governments have sort of invented to try and force these laws upon you. Um, now, I believe, and so then you get people sort of claiming, calling themselves things like um, Joshua of the House Addison, which they believe is sort of your real name, and that's your real identity, which isn't subject to these fake laws. Um, I believe the few times this has actually been tried in court, rather than going, oh, that's it, you've got us, set that guy free, judges have actually um, laughed the person out. Yes, it's one of those situations where you can claim that you operate under a completely different legal system than the law of the land. But the problem is the law of the land controls the courts, and the courts are appointed by the government, and thus the entire governmental structure relies upon their interpretation of the law, not your own special bespoke version of the law. Now, admittedly, the conspiracy theory with the Freeman on the land thing is that apparently if you know the right terms, you are no longer subject to the law of the land. It's just that no one seems to know those terms, and the suspicion is that those terms don't exist, which is why these mm. legal ploys just never work out. And indeed, there's a now an entire literature in jurisprudence, which is making fun of Freeman on the law style argumentation. Judges, for example, are writing very long judgments as to why these legal stratagems don't work, which are then being taught in law schools around the world for, isn't it interesting that people will try to avoid being subject to the law of the land via their own interpretation? And also, isn't it interesting that they think they can persuade the courts to accept their version of the law other than the law that they are obliged to follow? And then the whole business about fake consent um, is not consent in the in the manner that it's generally talked about uh, at the moment these days, but uh, the idea that... Um, that you that, that there are all sorts of ways in which you enter into a contract with the government, such as uh, when you're issued a driver's license or a passport, um, and yet you you didn't consent fully to be in this arrangement. So therefore, it's actually invalid and doesn't apply to you, and the the government just doesn't want you to cotton on to that. Um, but the, and and yet that's only three out of the forty. Um, on this list now, okay. The one, the one that stuck out for me was fake water. Oh yes, yes. We've actually never talked about this. 
We, we've talked about fluoridation, which is, is part of it. But we've never talked about right angles. No, yeah, I, th- this was the first time I'd heard of that. Tell me about water and right angles. Okay, so, now I'm, I'm not saying I believe this, I'm simply describing the views of others, but did you know that water is alive and that when it passes through a 90 degree angle, it dies? And did you know that our entire plumbing system is made up of multiple 90-degree angles, which means the living water of the ocean, although we don't really drink seawater, of rivers and of lakes is killed on the way to your tap? Yes, indeed. It starts, entry number nine starts just as we have fake food, having already talked about GMOs and the like. Uh, we also have fake water. Real water is flowing and alive, as you can find in a river or mountain stream. Well, I believe if you do drink from a river or mountain stream, you're likely to end up with giardia or some other sort of intestinal parasite. So I assume but by alive, they mean full of living organisms that can give you diseases? No, they mean it's oh, a living yeah. entity with essence and spirituality. And the water we drink from our taps is lacking that vital life source, which explains why we're so docile, so easy to be controlled, and why we're so healthy. And this is all part of their anti-the-medical-establishment, anti-the-health-system milieu, which kind of infests the early part of this list, and that we're told that because people die in hospitals, medicine is fake. Mm. And because there are diseases, immunity is fake, so vaccines don't work. And because water is alive... And if we drank living water, we would be fine. The water we drink from our taps is also fake. Yes, I mean, that, that one manages to get in fluoridation and homeopathy when it starts talking about how water has a memory and then some other sort of weird science by talking about water needs to be structured and and you need to... Uh, structured water returns the buoyancy to the hydrogen and oxygen atoms making up the water, mole- water molecule. This is, of sure course, actually just fake. That's, yes. there's, there's, no, there's no science behind this whatsoever. I don't think whatsoever. that means anything at all. No. Now, it might be interesting to talk about the points where actually they, they say something which is kind of, yeah, no, that's actually quite right. Because with a list of 40 things, sometimes they're going to get things right. Mm. Although often when they're almost getting things right, they then manage to make it go disastrously wrong at the last second. So point two when they talk about journalism and how most journalism is fake, they actually do have a kind of point here. Because in late-stage capitalism, with the growth of the internet, traditional journalism is finding it very hard to survive. Because previously, magazines and newspapers relied on advertising to support the large number of journalists doing work. And advertising doesn't work particularly well in the internet age. And so newspapers are now increasingly using press releases as part or the whole of their reportage. Journalists now have to do more than the usual number of stories, so they can't spend as much time on one story as they have in the past. And so it is true that journalism today does look like in it's a much worse state 
than it was a few years ago. This is not to say there isn't good journalism going on now, but it does seem to indicate that there's less of that good journalism than there was, say, 20 years ago before Tim Berners-Lee invented the internet. Mm. But that's not a conspiracy, and that's not fakeness. That's just we're in a particular economic situation at this particular point in time, and... Either we're going to adjust or that age of journalism is dead. And then a couple of points down, number four is uh, fake corporate PR and advertising will t- tell us something we don't know, quite frankly. Um, PR and advertising. Mm. And yet when they talk about entertainment, point three, when they start off talking about, you know, Hollywood, it's just all about glamour, it's about representation of, of fit bodies and looking beautiful, and those are fake beauty standards and also by the way hollywood is filled with satanists who engage in mind control mm. yeah the, the, in this case if you had me with the first point i kind of agree with you there but the second point just seems like that's come out of nowhere where to go where to go actually heading uh, back down to the bottom again um fake history here now, obviously, as as you go through them all, there, there are a few sort of common threads. Everything's fairly obviously sort of a new world order. Um, people trying to keep us down, or I mean, the vaccines. One, for instance, points uh, talks about how vaccines are used for population control and so on and so forth. But um, the history one got got a little bit worrying. Um, when they talk, I mean, they start off with the usual history is written by the victors, and and that's a fair point. And and versions of the past um, are often coloured by the the positions of the people who are telling the stories in the present, and so on and so forth. And the idea that history is this sort of purely objective science is one that has been pretty much debunked, um, if it was ever thought to have even been the case. Um, and it talks about how by controlling what people thought happened, you can shape the past in a favorable favorable way so as to ensure you reign in power for the future. And then it says, an obvious example is the way the Zionist-dominated press reported on World War II and the events leading up to it. And that sentence worries me quite a bit, to be honest. And that's not the first instance hmm. of anti-Semitism in this list. So when they talk about the economy, they talk about the Rockefellers, and that's a coded reference to anti-Semitic slurs. So, yeah, there's some interesting stuff going on in the background there. And as you say, it's quite a worrying aspect that this anti-Semitism continues to infest this particular kind of way of talking about the world, where Mm. we're just going to blame it on the usual suspects, in this case, the Jewish people. And let's face it, the reporting of the build-up to World War II was occurring at a point in European history where anti-Semitism was popular. It wasn't the mm. Zionist press reporting on the build-up of the Nazi power base. It was anti-Semites reporting on the build-up of the Nazi power base. And they weren't worried about the Jewish people. They were worried about an ascendant Germany engaging in warmongering acts towards other white powers. Yes. Now, we're starting to to, to run out of time. Um did you want to do false flags? 
Well, yes, I thought it might be it might be interesting to talk about the fact that they list a whole bunch of false flags, and we did a series on false flags only a few months ago, just before mm. I left for Bucharest. And it's interesting that we actually found some examples of actual false flag mm. operations, and none of those get mentioned in no. their list of false flags. Their false flag list is 9-11, the Bali bombing, 7-7, the Anders Breivik shooting in 2011. That was not the shooting of Anders Breivik. That was the shooting by Anders Breivik. Mm. Sandy Hook, the Boston Marathon bombing, the LAX shooting in 2013, the Santa Barbara shooting of 2014, uh, MH17, the Sydney siege in Australia in 2014, the Charlie Hebdo shooting, the Tunisia shooting in 2015, and the Charleston shooting of 2015. So these are all examples of things which don't actually look like they're false flags, but being asserted as false flags. But of course, that's because the previous three items, the War on Terror, Lone Nut Killers, and Boogeyman, go to a large extent to say any version of a big event you must doubt the history of. Now, they kind of have a point when it comes to the War on Terror, that who gets labelled a terrorist and who doesn't get labelled a terrorist appears to be a fairly fuzzy distinction which appears to be fake, i.e. we just call our enemies terrorists and we don't call the people we like to be terrorists. But then they say there's no such thing as a, in their words, lone nut killer, and any boogeyman like Osama bin Laden, who's put forward as being the head of a nefarious organization, that's just fake. It's always shadowy forces and it's not individuals. And thus they go, well, if we believe those claims, then all of these big events which were uh, perpetrated by either lone individuals or a small set of individuals, that must be fake as well. And I mean, this is going to be a weird sentence, but the Norway shooting in 2011, Anders Breivik was very, very upfront that he did it. So by saying that's a false flag, they're kind of denying the person who did it their authority on what they did. And now I'm defending, in a weird way, Anders mm. Breivik. I mean, I suppose they'd say, oh, well, that's what he'd been told to say. And unlike your Lee Harvey Oswalds and so on, who are unwilling patsies who were set up, maybe he was um, working specifically for them and believed in the evil NWO cause or something. But yes, not not super convincing. Um, so we're talking about the New World Order. It, it it's it's sort of difficult to to say whether whether we've got forty different kinds of conspiracy theories here, uh, which themselves uh, in in many cases are made up of a bunch of sub conspiracy theories, or are we kind of looking at one conspiracy theory here? Because every single thing we see um, seems to have in common the idea that the official version of reality is not right. You should be looking at some sort of alternative facts. Um, and it's all because there's there's a conspiracy to keep us down, some new world order or Illuminati or what have you. D is, is that is that a reasonable thing to 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 look at all these things and say it's all actually just symptoms of a single thing? Is it even possible? Normally, I would like to say 
that these kind of conspiracists, these people who believe in all-embracing conspiracies that explain everything, don't really exist. They're a kind of a fiction used to put forward a pejorative take on conspiracy theorizing. And then you get lists like this, which indicate that Mm. there are some people who believe this, or are there? Because there's another question you kind of asked in the notes. Is this list internally consistent? Mm. And the thing is, it's not. So the discussion about democracies versus republics is immediately followed by, well, America can't be a real democracy because it goes around invading other countries and democracies don't do that. At which point my response was, tell that to the British Empire. So it is a case of Mm. the list isn't internally consistent. My suspicion is the list was brainstormed by people who came up with it, which is, in this case, the Main Republic website, and they've simply put everything they brainstormed down. There's no one unifying mind behind this. It's a whole bunch of people with shared values coming up with everything they can think about, and no one's actually sat down and gone, do I agree with everything? And indeed, we see this in communities of conspiracy theorists of this particular stripe, those who are concerned about the New World Order or Jewish infiltration of government. They're often quite tolerant of people expressing ideas that they don't themselves necessarily agree with. So I don't think this is an example of one person believing all conspiracies. I think this is a classic example of a group of people who all agree there's something wrong with the world in which we live, and here are a whole bunch of hypotheses that would account for it, but it doesn't necessarily mean that everyone agrees with every single point in the list of 40. It's their top Mm. 40, but not everyone likes every song in the top 40. That is true. It it strikes me as I don't think they mention chaos theory in the article at all. And that's a little bit 1990s, really. Do people still talk about chaos theory? Not particularly much these days, no. It was only only really in Jurassic Park. But, um, I mean, that was the idea that seemingly chaotic systems such as the world where it looks like we have bad things happen because of you know, the different different organizations acting in their own self-interests and uh, human greed and human stupidity and blind random chance intersecting in all manner of unpredictable and, and infinitely complex ways, and then trying to claim that underneath that there is actually a, a simple structure that can be used to account for everything. And um, I yeah, I, I don't really see that you can make that leap, but I can understand why a person would want to. Yeah, I suppose we uh, don't really talk about chaos there anymore because we talk about complexity instead, that mm. simple systems can produce complex outcomes. So it's the notion that how do we explain why ants work so efficiently to build hives, given that they have very little in the way of neurological processing? Well, the answer is ants are in many respects, very simple machines that obey quite rigid rules. But it turns out that when all ants obey the same set of rigid rules, they end up building an incredibly complex hive. And it does strike me that um, 
if if you did if you look at the across this whole thing and the amount of the amount of wool that is being pulled over our eyes would require an enormous number of 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 wool pullers i think that's right i'm good to see that i'm not the only person who has been flummoxed by their own analogies mm in in that in, in order for this to work the new world order would have to be practically bigger than the, the the subset of people who they're trying to influence it kind of have you seen john wick 2 i have seen john wick 2 it, it kind of reminds me of john wick 2 where it appears to turn out that that pretty much the entire population of whichever city it's set in is actually secretly working for the criminal underworld given the ease with which john wick is able to walk in absolutely anywhere and have someone whose job it is to just sit there all day in case a contract killer walks past and needs help from them um it's yeah i i i don't know if the numbers add up but then that's probably not actually the point is it my favorite part of john wick 2 was peter serafinowicz peter serafinowicz he's Mm. great which reminds me i need to watch the second half of the tick you know so do i actually maybe we should stop this podcast right now and go and do that I think that's a marvellous idea, especially since we've kind of come to the end of today's content anyway. Yes, we've come to the end of the content. We've basically come to the end of our our self-imposed time limit. So yes, I think going and watching The Tech uh, is actually the best thing that that not just we, but all of anyone listening to this podcast should go and do right now. That's the new version of The Tick starring Mm. Peter Serafinowicz. And the great thing about The Tick is that every time a new version of The Tick is made, it's actually very, very different from the last version. It's a it's a series which is constantly reinventing itself, from the comic books mm. to the animated series to the first live-action series to the current live-action series. You always get a different version of the tick. And yet with the blessing of the original creator every time. It's well, he's often it's usually involved in mm. writing it every time. So yeah, it's not just the yes, blessing. It, he's the him, person him doing the reinvention. takes on his own thing. Yeah, yes. So I think the moral of, of today's episode uh, is very much go and watch The Tick. Uh, there was something about 40 fake things. But, but basically, yeah, go and watch The Tick uh, right now. And The Tick is actually an example of someone who would believe all 40 of those things Mm. on the list. So there we go. It all makes sense. Seamless. Seamless. I really grok your mind movements. Yep. So, yeah, I'm going to go watch The Tick. You should go watch The Tick. Goodbye. Goodbye. You've been listening to the podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy. It is written, researched, and performed by Josh Addison aka Monkey Fluids, and MRX Dentith, aka Conspiracism on Twitter. This podcast is available where all good podcasts can be found, as well as iTunes, Podbean, and Stitcher. It can also be watched on YouTube. Just search for the podcaster's Guide to the Conspiracy, or, if you happen to be technophobic, consult the auguries. You can support the podcaster's guide to the conspiracy via our Patreon page, as listed in the podcast description, or just by searching for us on Patreon. You can also support us via the Podbean patronage system, if that is more your style. You do you. If you want to get in contact with us, why not email us at podcastconspiracy at gmail.com, or find us on Facebook. And remember, remember, oh December, what a night.